I'd like to thank Peter for giving us a um, talk on Logo. There is a second part two to this talk, and it's going to be on Friday afternoon, and that's going to go more into turtle robots, which I'm sure Peter will mention today. So don't miss that. Thanks, Peter. Thanks, Andy. How many people have heard of Logo? Just about, well, I think everybody's heard of Logo. And a lot of the people I've talked to think of Logo as a, a child's toy, a game. And I'd like to spend part of this presentation showing why it's a, it's a serious programming language and a serious educational tool. There's, there's more to it than just turtle graphics, which is what most people think of when they, when they think of Logo. And then I'd like to spend about the last half of the presentation with a tutorial, give you enough, enough about Logo to get started to, to go off and, and start writing some of your own Logo programs and exploring it. Logo is, is an educational philosophy. It's a, it's a way of teaching. Logo is not just the programming language. Logo has roots in artificial intelligence, mathematical logic, developmental psychology. The, the ideas behind Logo started back in the mid-60s. Logo was created at a private research firm on the East Coast, BBN, which has done a number of other things in, in computing. And it, it was designed based on constructivist learning theory, a theory about how people, how children learn specifically, the theory that there's a lot of learning that can be had by interactive exploration rather than structured curriculum. And this was, this was pretty revolutionary in the education system at the time and to, a, and to an extent even today. The earliest creators of Logo imagined a revolution in the education system for teaching mathematics. And years later, there were factions within the Logo community, some folks who wanted, who wanted that revolution to completely replace the current system of education for mathematics and the other group of people who, who saw it as more realistic to work some of the ideas of Logo into the existing education system. The first version of the Logo in, in 1966 ran on a PDP computer. They had no graphics, they had no robots, they had no turtle graphics. I think Logo is best known for the, the turtle, which we'll see later. I'll show you how that works. But that concept didn't exist at that time. Then, late 60s, 1969, we had small robots called turtle robots that were attached to the computer and would move around in response to commands typed within logos such as forward or back or left or right. The tur those turtle robots also had small pens attached to them so they could, they could draw patterns on them on a, uh, typically a, pe a piece of butcher paper. Later, 1970, Logo development moved to the Massachusetts Institute of Technology in, in Massachusetts. Other, other schools and research institutes around the world picked up Logo. There was quite a bit of interest in Logo in both Edinburgh and Tasmania. I don't know why those particular areas are... I don't know why those particular areas picked up Logo, but if you're reading a lot of the older logo papers, you'll see quite a bit coming from those areas. 
early 70s, we, we got Turtle Graphics. By this time, graphical terminals became affordable, where affordable meant a whole another PDP computer just to do graphic, graphical processing. <laughs> the, the graphics, in contrast to the small robots, were called screen turtles. So we had screen turtles, which were a on-screen simulation of the, the floor turtles, the physical robots. And tomorrow I'll talk a bit more about the robots, the history, where the name turtle came from, and, and show some pictures of that. By the late 70s, we had the personal computer, and there was a, a new possibility for, for Logo in the education system. One of the early problems with Logo is that it was difficult to get it into a school. It was expensive to get it in there, and even if you did, even if you put your expensive time-sharing system in there, it was in one room, you couldn't get your entire classroom in front of it. The, the design behind Logo was looking to teach specifically mathematics to grade school children. In 1980, a fellow by the name of Seymour Papert, who was involved in the earliest development of Logo, published a book titled Mindstorms. Here's one copy. This is the uh, this is the reprint from the early 90s, and this book got the attention of a lot of school teachers. This book was eye-opening and motivational for a lot of school teachers, and Following that, a lot of schools adopted Logo in various forms. Uh, my first introduction to Logo and both the Apple II was in third grade when we had a, a lab of Apple IIEs with uh, Logo, Apple Logo actually. There are over 248 versions of Logo, probably more. Actually, there's at least 249, but that count does not include a ByteWorks 3D Logo. Logo is unique in that the development of Logo was, was fragmented across uh, a lot of groups. The research started at a private institution, then it moved to MIT, and then, as I mentioned earlier, some other universities in Edinburgh and Tasmania picked up Logo research. There were schools doing Logo research. There were several private companies developing Logo as well, and just just here I have three different versions of Logo for the Apple II, and there are more. So I'd like to highlight a couple of the versions of Logo for the Apple II. Again, there are more, and probably ones I've never heard of. Um, just the other day, uh, Stavros showed me a couple of, of the Logo Toolkit and Logo sample programs just that I'd never seen before. Terrapin Logo is one of the earliest versions of Logo for the Apple II. This is the version from 1980. Terrapin was developed by a company called Terrapin. Terrapin actually licensed Logo from MIT, and you'll see the MIT copyright all over the manual, and when you start the software up, you also see that. There was a uh, DOS 3.3 version of Terrapin. That's what I have here, and Terrapin had, Terrapin gradually improved Logo over the years. There were at least I believe six different versions of Logo, culminating with uh, Logo Plus, which is ProDOS-based. Right side, you see an ad for, for Terrapin Logo. Obviously, can't read it there, but it highlights a lot of the features I've been talking about. 
Oh, I can't even read it on here, but I'll, I'll show you this logo program later, actually. This is Apple logo. is probably the most popular version of the logo for the Apple II. Apple did not actually write Apple logo. They licensed it from a company called Logo Computer Systems International there in Canada. The history of LCSI is interesting because they did not use MIT logo. A number of a number of folks working at MIT spun off this company LCSI. They didn't want to deal with the MIT copyright, so they rewrote logo. LCSI later released Apple Logo 2 with sorry, Apple later released Apple Logo 2, which was again licensed from LCSI. And this ad was from, I believe, 1982 Nibble magazine. And I, I like I like the title here. It's time kids started using strong language. It's catchy, but it's also saying something serious about logo. It's pointing out that logo is is more than just a toy. It's a much more sophisticated language than something like basic. And we'll see that later. It's designed to be interactive, to explore, to to make mistakes, to try again, to teach Logo how to do something new. These are some screenshots from Apple Logo 2, which I mentioned earlier, licensed from LCSI. Um, I also have LCSI Logo 2 here. I'm not entirely sure how it differs from Apple Logo 2. Uh, keep in mind, though, that this, this is the company that licensed Logo to Apple, and I'm looking... Yes, LCSI rewrote logo because they didn't want to deal with MIT copyright. But interestingly, a lot of the folks from there were a lot of folks from MIT involved with the MIT development of logo that uh, later joined LCSI. If I'm not mistaken, um, the fellow who wrote this book, Seymour Papert, was uh, part of logo. Sorry, part of LCSI and founded that company. And I just talked about LCSI logo. It was also logo writer. I don't have much personal experience with this. I, I've talked to enough people that I know it was popular. And articles I've read indicate that it was a significant step forward in, in logo. It was, it was more of a word processing type environment than, than earlier versions of logo. And we can see some examples of screenshots here. and doesn't show it in here, but there's the idea of sort of tabs, different word processing documents, if you will, with a logo in it that you can, that are actually automatically saved. There are many other versions of logo. I will show you Byteworks 3D logo in a minute, so I won't talk about that. Uh, Byteworks uh, Hyper logo is a version of 3D logo to work with a, as an embedded scripting language in another Byteworks product. Krell logo, Krell is out of business. I don't know much about Krell. I haven't been able to find the software. Uh, Terrapin and LCSI, in contrast, are still in business today, and they are still selling logo for the, the Mac and the PC. LCSI also released a number of other logo pro products. They had Logo Writer for the Apple II, the 8-bit. They had a product called Logo Ensemble. It's supposed to integrate spreadsheets, databases, word processing into Logo. I don't quite know how it does that. In, in the copy of the slides, it'll be up on the Kansas Fest website later. There's, there's some links to some of these versions of Logo. There's LCI, LCSI actually had a long list of products supporting their Logo. 
uh, Lego released a version of Logo called Lego TC Logo that with the right interface card would allow you to interact with uh, Lego pieces, build your own Lego robots and so on and then use that. It is the successor. So the Apple II was first called Lego TC Logo okay. and then there is I think Lego Control Lab and then we've got Lego Mindstorms which is what we can get today. Uh, Mac Easy logo, I believe that is based on top of Apple logo and it's designed for younger children. It's more of a graphical pick things from a list. Yes? Okay, got it. Okay, thank you. There's another version of logo called Telly Turtle. I can't find out much about it. It doesn't look to be a complete version of logo, more of a turtle graphics for young children without, without all the things that make the logo interesting. <laughs> Maybe I'm wrong, I haven't experimented with, with it that much, but because Logo was best known for turtle graphics, there were a number of, of products that took just the turtle graphics and gave you just that, which is a start, but it's not really what makes Logo interesting. There was a version of just turtle graphics published in Nibble early 80s as well. Two versions, okay. There was one in, in 1982 and one in, I think, 1986, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, okay. Good to know, thank you. Yeah. It's, a, it's interesting, but I think without all the other things that make logo, logo, it gets it, pretty boring pretty quick. There are a lot of other companies that release books, curriculum, add-on packages, so on for Logo. Just thumb through the pages of your favorite magazines and look at the look at the ad, look at the software listings. Any questions so far? So I'd like to switch over to ByteWorks 3D Logo and we'll actually do some things with Logo. I chose ByteWorks 3D Logo because it's the only one that you can readily get today. It's still commercially available from, from Syndicon. Syndicom, whatever version of logo you get, you want the manual with it. There's enough variations between the versions of logo that if you have the wrong manual, you'll probably sit there frustrated. Yes, ByteWorks 3D logo runs on a 2GS, GSOS. ByteWorks 3D logo came relatively late in the life cycle of the Apple II. I don't believe it was used very widely, but it's still a good version of logo with some interesting features, such as the, the 3D features, which we may or may not have time to look at today, and, and, and some ability to write desktop programs on GSOS, and what else is in there? Abilities to make movies and things like that. Okay, so this is a, this is the interface for Logo. On the left-hand side, we have the, the, the triangle, which is the visual representation of the turtle, the screen turtle. On the right-hand side, we have the opportunity to type commands in. Yes, a turtle is an object to think with, and that's using the term from, from Seymour Hersh. 
it is a tool for interacting with the computer, relating with the computer. Imagine, I mentioned earlier the floor turtles, the small turtle robots that connect up with Logo. And then later that moved into on, an on-screen simulation. And in both cases, the turtle was there as a tool that allows the, the child, the student, to relate with the computer. A turtle is something that a, a child can imagine they are. They can imagine that they are the turtle. They can imagine that they're doing the commands. They're walking forward, back, turning right and left. It helps them relate with the computer. It helps them relate with the mathematics. So we can give the turtle commands. Let's give it a simple command, forward, or abbreviated FD, and then the number of steps in this version of the logo, the number of steps is the number of pixels. So let's go for 30. And the turtle moves 30 steps forward, and it happens to draw a line. Imagine a, imagine a real turtle with a pen taped to it, walking 30 steps forward. A lot of the curriculum for, for elementary school children focused on imagining that you're the turtle. A turtle has a, has a very clear front a very, very clear direction of walking, and it, it was easy for the children to relate to it. Again, the, the turtle graphics aren't the pointer logo. It's an object to think with to help you interact with the computer. The goal here was to create an interactive environment to explore, to understand mathematics. And you'll, you'll see the phrase mathland in, in some places. And that's uh, the idea of a virtual environment for exploring math. The turtle can also take commands to turn, such as right turn, 45 degrees. We can make the turtle go backwards. Let's make him go backwards, 60 steps. And we can also change the color. You set a pen color. And I don't remember which number corresponds to which color, so we'll go with color 6. And I'm going to make the turtle now go forward 70 steps. And we happen to get an orangish color. We can also raise the pen up so we can move the turtle without drawing a line. To do that, we use the command pen up, or just PU. And let's rotate the turtle again. Let's move him forward a bit. No line. The opposite of that is pen down or PD, 90, oh sorry, not 90, a pen down and then let's do forward 60. And we can change the color again. PU is one of my favorite commands in third grade. Yeah. <laughs> for, for obvious reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Actually, a lot of these abbreviated commands you can actually type out as whole words. Mm -hmm. You can actually, I think, type pen up and pen down instead of PU and PD. Yep, I can type right. I can type forward, and I can type right again. My turtle went off the edge. There he is. I can also type home, which moves him back to the center. And I can do left, and we can do back. So we, it's just back. Yeah. So we, we can type out the, the full words if we prefer. That, Probably would have been clearer for me to demonstrate, but either works. Yes? So I'm familiar with you know, some of the graphical elements of the logo. Yeah. But you're, you're mentioning some of the advanced 
features or, or functionality. Mm -hmm. Can you give me an example of what some of that is? Yes, I can. Let's start off with the procedure. Imagine that you're working in this mode, you're entering commands, it's immediately responding to you, and then you figure some things out. Let's say you figured out how to draw a square. The next step in the sophistication of Logo is that you can extend Logo, you can teach it how to draw a square. So let's just go ahead and do that. We can tell Logo, okay, to draw a square, you need to, well, draw four sides. Maybe you didn't know that at first, maybe you experimented and figured that out. And they're going to make each side, let's say, 30 pixels long, so move forward 30 right turn 90, and then end. Now I've just taught Logo how to draw a square. I'm going to clear the screen, CS, and now I type square. It's very simple, but take a look at what I just did. I, I taught Logo how to do something new, in this case just draw a square, I was able to give it a name that makes sense to me. I call it square. I can call it anything I wanted to. Compare that with, say, basic, where you maybe give it a line number, and you hopefully remember that, and it has no meaning to you. Logo treats square, square as if it was built in. So I can then define other procedures that build on top of that. Maybe I just tried, started with the square, but what if I also define a triangle, and then I put a triangle on top of my square? And then I define a new procedure called house. And then I take my triangle and create a new procedure called tree. And then I combine several trees in a house and I make a procedure called forest. And then let's say I create a procedure called dog. And then I, I create another procedure that animates the dog. And you can see how I can build incrementally up on top of things. And I can start with simple pieces. I can move to more complicated pieces. You can, yes. I don't remember the command for that. I think it might be arc. Um, actually, oh. now try um, third string. The simplest one is 3D, 360. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see what you're saying. FD1, RT1. Size one that circles Yeah. Well, well, no, but, but, in, but, in, but in Apple logo, it would actually draw a full circle. So I should try to screen it that small. Yeah, I know what you mean. This is a common way of, of drawing a circle. Some versions of logo also have a built in command for drawing circles and arcs. I don't remember if Apple logo. There we go. Also take a look at the square procedure I defined here and also the examples that uh, establishes gave for drawing a circle. 
we can use loops. There's, there's other types of loops. We can use if, then, else statements. and Fairly sophisticated concepts that we just don't get in basic. It's a lot easier to express what you want to do using Logo, partly because you get a richer set of a richer set of commands that are built in, and partly because you can use names, you can create procedures, you can create things like local variables and parameters. Um, so, so let's take square one step further. My square procedure draws a square. It does a great job of it, but it only draws squares at the side of 30. Logo gives us the idea of a parameter, which allows us to create a, a variable within our procedure that we can give a value every time we run it. So let's create another square. I'm going to call it square v for a variable. And I'm going to tell Logo that a square needs to know the length of a side before it can run this procedure. And it tells me it needs to know something. I can now draw a square of side, let's say, 20. There you go. I, I just generalized my, my knowledge. I figured out how to draw a square. And I generalized that. I, I figured out how to draw a square with, a, with different sides. I can then build on top of that. I can create, let's say, another procedure called boxes. Maybe it draws let's say it draws 10 squares, so let's go for 50, I just built on top of that, to write boxes I don't need to know how square works, oh that's not really what I wanted, I would rather not draw all the boxes on top of each other. <laughs> So, no problem. I can edit my boxes. And let's, let's do a left turn. Let's go for 20 degrees. <coughs> Pretty simple. We started to create more interesting graphics. And we don't have to stop there. We can, a procedure can also call itself. Remember when I create one of these procedures? It's as good as a, it's as if I am extending the logo language. It's as if I'm adding something to logo. So I can create, let's say, I'm gonna create a procedure called PolySpy, which is an example that shows up in a lot of the logo books and manuals. And it, it stands, for polygon spiral. It's extending the idea of a square into a spiral, and it also shows how you can have a procedure that calls itself. Yes. And that is not what I wanted. Polyspy is going to take two parameters. It's going to be side and angle. And then let's go forward side right angle, and now I can call the procedure, I'm going to side plus one, 
Mango. Any idea what that's going to do? It's really similar to what I did with square, but different. And I have this weird thing where I'm calling myself with the longer side. Yeah, let me try this. I had a couple of a uh, couple of parameters that seemed to work well. If that doesn't work, now I'll change it to ten. No, that went off the screen. I did the step too too large. <laughs> what just happened there? Pardon? Yeah, exactly. So it keeps calling itself, it's called recursion, as Stavros mentioned. And polyspy calls polyspy, which calls polyspy until the computer just runs out of memory and has no idea what to do. And that's that's what it means by stack space. Well, let's see if I Exactly. There we go. Yeah, exactly. I, I made a mistake the first time. No problem. Logo let me lets me go ahead and define it again. Thank you. There we go. I keep throwing out a stack space. Um, so the, the next the next step with recursion is figuring out when do we want to stop. And let's go ahead and do that. One thing I noticed about ByteWorks logo is that it runs out of stack space a lot sooner than even some of the 8-bit logos. And notice I'm using some different different symbols here. When I'm when I'm talking about the value of a variable, I use the colon. If I want to talk about the variable itself, not the value, just the variable or a procedure with that name, I'll leave the colon off. If I want to talk about to call a word, a name, then I put the quote in front of it. So in this case I if I type edit polyspy, it would go ahead and try to run polyspy and then call edit. And it doesn't work. Polyspy wants parameters, which I didn't give it. And then edit wants parameters, which Polyspy didn't provide. <coughs> it's not designed to do that. But if I type, if I put the colon there, it says pass the name Polyspy into, into edit. So we wanted to end. Um, any idea how we can stop my recursion? A loop counter, yes. We can create local variables in, in Logo, which is a, a concept that is not found in BASIC, but it's found in most other languages. So we could create a variable using make. For simplicity, I'm, I'm just going to say if 
side gets too large, let's say side gets larger than 30, then stop. This is one area where the different versions of logo are quite a bit different. Some will require you to put an end, sorry, some will require you to put a then in there, some will require you to put the brackets in there, some will require you to not put the brackets in there. Alright, tells me polyspy created. That's my new polyspy. And let's just go for a different color. And we found that polyspy 290 worked well. Let's just do 285 or something different. And it's also in red, so you can't really see it. Byteworks logo also supports the 320 graphics mode and the colors look a lot better in there. I'm using the 640 mode because I didn't want the text to wrap as much for the demo. It's harder to read that way. So there's my new shape. Notice I didn't run out of stack space. Questions? Things you want to see? Yes. How do you access it? You said this is 3D. How do you access the 3D functionality? Okay. There are a separate set of commands to rotate the turtle out of the page or into the page. It's a RO for rotate out and RI for rotate in. There is an example that comes with there's an example that comes with Byteworks 3D logo. I'll show you that. Let's see cubes. go, cubes created. When I'm doing 3D, I want to use the command CS3D, clear screen 3D. I also want to be in 320 mode for the colors to work out right. So let's go ahead and switch that. Okay, CS3D and then cubes. Oh, that's, that's if you have 3D glasses. Yes, if you have the red and blue glasses, this will be in 3D. If I just had the regular 3D, it would draw it as, as wireframe for if you didn't have the glasses. That's, that's a unique feature. Now, say again? I know I should have. Does anybody, does anybody have one? <laughs> well, there, there's a homework project for you. <laughs> Anything else you'd like to see? Yes. If you redefine a procedure that some other procedures are using, do you change the one you're using? Are they still using the old one? They will use the new one. So if I create my square procedure, then I create something else that uses square. Let's say I create house that uses square. I can go and change square, and my house will start using the new square. So we can actually, we could actually give that a try if you want. So I think I still have my square procedure, and let's go ahead and make a house procedure. Yeah, we're going to draw a square. And then, actually that's not what I want to do. Let's do this again. 
house, I'm going to use a square V, the one with the variable side. I'm going to make a square size 40. And then I'm going to move... Actually, why doesn't someone else write this for me? What should I do now? Okay. Now what? Okay. So then we draw a triangle, right? So let's just type triangle in. And triangle is not defined. Oh, it tells me. I don't know how to do a triangle. So let's go ahead and tell how to do a triangle. Comments? How should I do this? Right, 45. Yeah. yeah. We, we, can, we can do math in here too. We do, yes. Mm, no, I didn't. Make it with the point off the one side oh, yeah, and yeah, the Make it a right triangle. Okay. Just make it a right triangle. Okay. Let's let's start over. Okay, that's a good idea. So I'll just I'll make it a weird looking triangle. We'll go forward. Let's go forward. Forward. 40, let's turn right 90, forward 40, and then what's the last angle going to be? Drawing the triangle. Yeah, let's, let's just draw the triangle. We don't have to worry about the house, and then we'll combine it in with the house later. So, triangle. Okay, 60, 60, 60. So let's go forward 40 and then right 60 and forward 40 and right 60. Nope. That's okay. Okay. So forward 40, right 120. Forward 40, right 120, and then another forward 40. I did. Yep. Yes, that would be even easier. 
But this is part of the point of logo. You can explore, you experiment, you get it wrong. You have the you have the turtle graphics to help you visualize what's going on, what might be going wrong, and. Okay, maybe this has a chance to work it. Oh, beautiful. Okay. So, uh-oh. But again, we can fix that. So we're going to want to go, see, right 30. There you go. The roof's a little small, but no, the roof's a little small. It's not still there. And logo does give us a full set of mathematical functions. So we've got we've got cosine, sine. We've got yeah, random numbers, ovals, rectangles. <laughs> we should have a square root in here somewhere. Yeah, we do have square root in here. Probably right could have used that. It is. Or are we going to do something with this house? Or is the whole buy deal have to So your original question is, if you change something that's referenced elsewhere, does, does the existing procedures you've defined reuse that? And you just saw me change triangle, and it was it was referenced in house. So the long answer is yes. Everything is referenced by name, so you can you can change things, build things up. You can then go back and change some of the little details. And maybe I go ahead and, and build a whole build a whole village out of this house. Then I realize, oh, I messed my triangle up. I couldn't figure out my Pythagorean theorem. I can go back and fix triangle later. But it's close enough to start with. Anything else you'd like to say? See? Questions? Yes? No, you don't. It, it was easier. Because I, I could separately define the square and the triangle and stick them together, yeah. but you don't need that. You might want to use triangle someplace else. Exactly. If I had a triangle without a bottom, and then later on I said, oh, I'm going to draw a tree. I had this triangle. Great. Make it green. It looks like a tree. But it's missing a bottom. I could frustrate myself. <laughs> Other questions? You call it root. Yeah, there you go. It does not automatically save in ByteWorks logo. Some versions of the logo do, uh, specifically Logo Writer. Most do not, but there is a save right here. Do you have a bill coming? Yes, we do. It so is. You could fill the, the square with yellow or something like that. Mm -hmm. It's a flood fill, so we have to put the turtle. 
So I'm going to do pen up so I don't draw any lines. With the ByteWorks logo, not too hard because it has built-in commands for 3D. So you can draw wireframe 3D graphics with, with ByteWorks logo without having to try very hard. Um, this book has several chapters about three-dimensional graphics. This is a, a book from the, the early 80s, contemporary with a Terrapin logo. It's one of the more intellectual books that goes along with logo and it talks about three-dimensional graphics, different and different relationships between turtle geometry, the stuff you see on the screens, and uh, what, I'll call, what I'll call real mathematics. It's called Turtle Geometry, the Computer as a Medium for Exploring Mathematics by Abelson and DeSessa. E-I-S-E-S-S-A. I'll have this book up here afterwards if you want to come look at it. And you had the question about the filling. The answer is yes. There you go. Greenhouse. Am I about out of time? Okay. And the presentation has, there's another slide in there. It has a few more links to things you can follow to learn more about Logo. The notes at the bottoms of all my slides have have some useful references and there's also another book computer science logo style it is an undergraduate computer science curriculum using logo he, this fellow also has a version of logo for the Mac and PC called UCD logo and the book itself is free three volumes off his website PDF and the Mindstorms is an excellent book. It doesn't go into technical details, but these are the concepts and ideas behind Logo. There's, there's that other one that I've mentioned before called ACS Logo for Mac OS X. Mm -hmm. There's two or three hundred versions of Logo, and there's a number of free versions available for your favorite operating system. There's a version for the iPad. I have not tried it. Yeah, Ken mentioned it in, in OpenApple a month or two ago. The uh, logo for the iPad. Remember yeah. the name of that? Yeah, it's in the show notes. Okay, show notes. No, it was one, one after that. Three or four? Nope. Maybe the speakers aren't turned on. Yes, I haven't tried that one. Oh well. Anyways, uh, ByteWorks 3D logo also has speech synthesis built in, which is kind of neat. All right. Thank you. I'll have. I'll have these books and copy the logo up here later if you want to look at it, and I'll also have it up in my room.